Dr. O. Yes. Awesome. Here we Good are. To meet you. What's your name? My name is Darren. Darren Stott. Yeah, Darren Stott. Are you related to John R. W. Stott? I am related to him somehow. You yeah. Do? In really? fact, my grandpa met uh, uh, John John Stott, okay. and um, and they had a, a, a fascinating conversation about our heritage because oh, wow. we always thought we were Scottish. Yes. And it was John Stott that told my grandpa that we were actually Vikings. That's. And uh, gave, I could have told you that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. else do you know about about Stott? <laughs> uh, I could have told you that. I could have told you how they came from that area down to England. Yeah. 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 That says how it works. Yeah. So, but yeah. hey. Yeah. I'm just a Sunday school teacher. So, <laughs> so my grandpa did. He met uh, yeah. John Stott. That's the first and, person I thought of because he's one of my favorite teachers. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, a, that, 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 that's amazing. Uh, very my favorite teacher of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah, amen. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I will say that you know on my podcast on YouTube, people always put in the comments. So instead of commenting on the content like they should do, uh -huh. they, a lot of times people will just start writing in people's names. Like they think that the comments, that's where you request yeah. guests. And I've never asked people to do that. Yeah. And so, but your name comes up a lot. And so um, uh, in the comments, people will just put like Dr. O, you know, so when we were planning this adventure over yeah. here, I was thinking, um, <laughs> man, it would be amazing but it also kind of take a miracle with your travel schedule and just everything, you know, mentoring. And so I reached out to Justin Abraham because I know that Justin has a relationship with you. Mm -hmm, yeah. And so, uh, and Justin got a hold of your team and we started working with Monique. And so this is, this is such an answer to prayer. This is such a, an honor to be able to the be Lord here in good. your, in your home. And the Lord is good. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Good to, good to see you. Good to meet you. Good to meet you, Sean. You can see Sean, but he's out there. And uh, these are <laughs> two of my staff, uh, Bianca Douglas and Monique Tyson, Mrs. Tyson. So it's good to be here. Yeah, they yeah. did such a good job, uh, such a great job in facilitating Don't this conversation. Big, and, no. Yeah, okay, all right. They did an okay job. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. There's some that's opportunities right. for improvement. We'll talk yeah, about right. that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, uh, all right, I thought it'd be fun to dive into the conversation of prayer. Yes, and um, not just prayer, but uh, 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 prayer, prayer and meditation. Mm -hmm. This place of contemplative prayer. This place where where there's where you're not just doing something. You're not just you're you're not just talking to God nonstop. But this kind of place of prayer, where 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 it where it it, it where it breeds a sense of just intimacy. Like I know. I know him more than, and and, and he knows me. And we we're, we're fostering this place of communion. And I know that you're someone that 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 is you practice prayer, and not just prayer, but like this place of intimate 
prayer with the Lord. And mm-hmm. and I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot about you, but I know that you're a man of prayer. And I thought that would be such a, a great place to start, especially in a time when it seems like prayer is getting kind of defined by by formulas or or even or even rituals. And so I wanted to dive into this place of 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 finding out kind of what prayer looks like for yourself. What does communion with the Lord look like uh, for yourself? And I hope that it might be able to resuscitate a place of, of passion in our own hearts as we approach our, our Father. You know, prayer, prayer for me is, is so fundamental to a human way of being. Let's just call it that way. That means prayer begins with in the inner landscape of a person you don't have to speak a word for there to be prayer a prayer is the fundamental orientation of one's thought towards that which is great or greater or towards possibility but which directs one to a place of intimacy with the other or with god and i use the word other not in terms of separation sure. but it directs one towards uh, an intertwining of one's thoughts with God's thought. So the only way I see prayer from that perspective is if you sit in the presence of God and just think, there arises an intertwining of thought. When God talks in the book of Isaiah and says, my thought are not your thought, he's not talking to believers. He's talking to unbelievers. So prayer is a place where our thought becomes God's thought mm. and God's thought becomes ours. And that intertwining sometimes has no language. It has no words. But some of us are articulate enough to put some of it in words. So prayer can come from that intuitive need to have one's life fulfilled. So even just, because the Bible even says things like this. The Bible says that before you call, I will answer. Mm. Before you cry, I will hear. So it means prayer is unformulated thoughts, can Mm. be at the level of unformulated thought. But just because we've not formulated it does not mean God does not know it. So, So the greatest point of prayer is really when you don't know what to ask. So at that point, all you can do is offer up silence. Now, there has to be a point of conversation and talk which allows you to build yourself up based on that depth of silence. So there is a depth of silence where prayer is really founded. So prayer has levels upon levels upon levels, but that place of silence, that place of the depth where, in a sense, there is no word. Hmm. You know, uh, we call it intimacy but really it's just a place where all there is is what is not there but yet it's all that is possible this is why mystics are hard to understand because we talk about something that is not there but everything is there Mm. we talk about the silence that speaks louder than the thunder we talk about an engagement and contemplation of that which cannot be understood by the contemplator or cannot be understood by the mind. Yet we engage that, and out of that engagement of nothingness, if you may, that engagement of silence grows all the fruits of our conversation, 
of our action, of our process of interacting with God. But where there is no silence, where there is no depth of contemplation, where there's so much noise, a lot of the stuff we produce is nothing but noise. Mm. So if we can, if we can actually learn how to get to that place of silence, where we're afraid of it, we're afraid of it. Why are we afraid of it? Because we've been trained all our life to think that if there is no sound, there is no communication. Wow, that's right. We've been trained to think that if there is no thoughts going through our head, then something is wrong with us. Hmm. Those of us who grew up in evangelical church, we were told all the time, never leave your head empty. We, we, so, so prayer, prayer in a sense, let, let's, let's use Jesus as an example. Jesus emptied himself. Hmm. That emptying is a prayer in itself. Hmm. Because when you empty yourself, you're asking for something greater to fill it. Without asking, just by emptying, you've offered up the greatest prayer because you've given God a space within yourself. Yeah, that's 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 so interesting. I know for for myself, it's like I need anchor points mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. uh, so when when I, when I when I go to pray, um, I'll try to establish some sort of anchor point. It might be something out of, out of the Bible. It it might be, um, uh, uh, it might be some sort of sound or song mm -hmm. there's different there's there's mm -hmm. different even albums mm -hmm. that i like where it feels like it established like not not with anything with mm -hmm. with words but it, it establishes like this this anchor point or this portal where where there's this invitation for, you know from the father but it's like it's but it's like it's I don't know if, if it's like my own crutches mm. <laughs> because because again going back to the silence it's like uh, i think that a lot of people when they maybe some people when they listen to this they're going to think of silence like no noise yeah it, but i think that that where there's the most noise oftentimes is in our own in our own minds like to be able to actually be still and, mm -hmm, but but it, it's it yeah you're right you're right you know but the noise, the external noise, and the internal noise, yeah, are really a hindrances to us. I can that music, but many people do not know how to have noise around them and be silent within. Yeah, right. So, so what we what we do when we pray, because we've never trained ourselves mm -hmm. to have that still point within us, that place of perfect peace, that unmovable point. So every noise affects us. That's right. You know. So if we if we prayer can be talking to God is a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's really not a way of intimacy. Remember the story of the and this is a, the Indian that was talking to that was watching a Christian prayer, and the Christian spent an hour about two or two hours talking to God, and the Indian walks up and says, "What are you doing?" And he goes, I'm praying. Who are you talking to? He says, I'm talking to God. And they ask him a very simple question. And your God doesn't talk back? Why do you talk all through and your God doesn't speak back? And most believers act like God does not talk back. Wow. They, you know, they, it's true. They it's true. act like the first thing is them talking to God. But the point of stillness is really where your prayer should be coming from that depth of intimacy, that place of silence. 
you know it shouldn't be coming from sounds that you have externally they're good to stir you up but ultimately the issue is intimacy and intimacy is not grounded in noise whether it be songs of god or whether it be yeah, it's good. It's or whether really good. it be sounds of prayer they are the result of the depth of intimacy if that's if they begin from outside that's good but they must get to the place of that silence you must find that place within yourself and it is even better when you've trained yourself for that to be your starting point that's really good i like that I like that a lot. So the sound becomes the effect of the intimacy yeah. versus the crutch in order yeah. to get us in the, yeah. the tool that we're using in order to... It can to help get there, but when you get there, I mean, it's like this, okay? If I say this, people are going to say, why you say that? But let's just try this, okay? If I say that if I am doing something for God, mm-hmm. that I'm not in union with God. Because if, if you I'm, do something, if I'm doing something for God, then you're not. Then in I'm union. not in union with That's God. Right. I'm seeking union. Interesting. Yeah. But if I'm in union, the stuff will flow from me. I won't have to do it for God. God and I will do it together. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Because you know, when you are in union, there's no need for all that stuff. Every every thought of divine separation, and it's only for believers. Now I, we have to be careful because when we talk about divine union. People want to take people who do not believe in God and put them in union with God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. Okay, But the, for the believer, that union with God is what allows for every other thing. The symphony, again, this is the contradiction of, sure. of mystical language, sure. is the symphony of silence. You know, that, that there is something there, but it's not describable. Our language and our sound and our music are tertiary and even quadrilateral, uh, quintarial, if you may, a fifth level manifestation of things that are happening undulating within the depth of being itself. A believer can never really with language explain what God, the way they relate to God. But if they forget that point of relationship, then all they do is create this cacophony, you know, and it doesn't have impact. Wow. Wow. There was a lot there. I can't wait to listen to that again <laughs> and really begin to unpack what really, really what you just said, because there, there's a lot there. But, but where do you start? Like when, when, you're, when all, you, all of your programming for prayer is framed out of this idea that prayer is talking or shouting or pacing mm-hmm. while shouting it's you know, all of that it's but, all of that but the question becomes where is it taking you to but i mean this place of being able to even understand even the concept of of healthy silence how yeah. do you even how I, do you I, even begin to wrap your mind i'm around? a shouter but, but <laughs> i've I, heard you i am a shouter <laughs> but I, but i when i shout i find myself going deeper and deeper and deeper in fact I don't even hear myself when I'm talking. Really, I, I like to listen to your podcast when and, and when you have other guests yes. that are speaking. Yeah, and I don't know where you sit in the congregation. Yeah. I don't think it matters. Yes. I love how responsive you are uh, w- w- during a service. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's inspired me to be far more responsive yeah. when I when I hear others people. Well, you know, yeah, but part of part of part of the thing is here is someone that God's using. Wow! If you believe that God is using them. 
and you believe God is in that person, yeah. no matter how crazy their idea may be, that at that moment, someone in that congregation is being ministered to by God. So how would you respond to God if God stood in front of you? Wow. Yeah. How do you value? How would you, if Jesus came there in person and wasn't using a human being, how would you respond? Yeah, if it's just Jesus, yes. like staring, like yeah, I would just be snot and tears Thank and you. just so, like you know. So, but you're forgetting that when that person stands up there to speak in the name of Jesus, they may say a lot of wrong things, <laughs> but there's one or two things they're going to say that's going to save somebody's life. That's going to deliver. Wow. Jesus is going wow. to come through wow. and say something. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, amen, amen. You know, so, for me, anyone that stands up to do something like that. I'm always looking for the moment when God shines through. And even, an un, even it's funny, if you think you're an unbeliever and you stand in front of believers, God will pass through the donkey. That's right. And when he does, somebody's got to shout. <laughs> Come on. <So. laughs> Come on. That's awesome. You know. That's all. Now, okay, so now prayer and, 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 and this conversation. You wrote a book called The Golden Cord. Mm -hmm. And th now is this kind of a book, I haven't read it, is this kind of a book on this conversation mm -hmm. of, of prayer and meditation? It, it is. Now, the title, the subtitle. Now, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm going to look at the, because right behind your head here. <laughs> but it's the, the prophetic alchemy, alchemy of the Lord's Express. prayer. And in uh, alchemy, what an awesome word to have in a book title. Uh, I don't even know what it means, but it's, it's a word that I'm going to start using a lot more yeah. in, my, in my preaching. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean, the prophetic alchemy? Because it can be like, oh, you, you do. I don't want to. Yeah. Tell me what you think it is. Well, I understand that one of the ideas of alchemy is that it can be an elixir. And? So, yeah, and... And I'm trying to think of of alchemy is the transmutation of one yes, thing from into another stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Say so, that again. Say it again. Is the transmutation of something from one nature into another nature, or into from one substance into a different substance? Yes. So prayer, in fact, is that transmutative alchemy. And if you do prayer prophetically, it transmutes you. That is, it transmutes your future into your presence and changes your nature by you getting into the world that is to come and bringing that world to this realm. Yes. If prayer doesn't do that, then prayer hasn't done its job. Yes, this is awesome. We're in it now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Come on. This is this is yeah. great. And so that's that's kind of the the, the premise of the yeah. book is how to operate in that kind of place of yeah. prophetic. Prayer, where yeah, where, where, and where your where your being, by that encounter at the point of silence, reaches the world to come, and the world, this present world, becomes the world to come. In the Hebrew context, you know that Olam Hazeh becomes Olam Haba. You wow. know that the world, this world, becomes the world that is coming. Wow. And, you wow. Know, and and you live your life in this world from the other world wow come on okay, so come on so i love it yeah 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 i'm gonna dive into that is that a good all right so for, because i oh, look there's new people that listen to this and uh and they're huge i don't know if it's okay to be a fan of a preacher but there are going to be people that are like what yeah doctor oh yeah finally finally <laughs> you know but then there's going to be other people there's going to be other people that are like doctor who you know like like that's like, who that's that's it that's the tv show that's me yeah I know. I, I, yeah, 
And so, um, uh, if when people listen to this and they and they want to kind of and they're loving it and they're like, I want to go deep. What which one of your books would be like a great starting point? I always tell them to start with the Golden Court. That's that that would be the starting because, point. Because you know any other book that they start with, they might you know they might they might drop it. Uh, they, they, there's a book that deals with transmutation, but they're not. The people are not. Really, they're not going to be ready for that. Yeah, but the book on prayer actually has a lot of the mysteries in it. Okay. Um, then, of course, you got the Hashemayim one, Hashemayim two. I have all the books, but they're academic. They are not. They're not in this field. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Now, okay, so now your own story, kind of the 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 genesis of 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 Doctor O. How does this all kind of? Where did you? Where at what point did you feel like you got lit up with some sort of understanding? Where where you where you realized that you were different? Where you realized that there was that 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 God had called you out? That He had separated you? Like at what point were you like, wah wah wah? Like 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 you know. <laughs> Like I, I don't, I don't even think I get from tell that us perspective. No, 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 I don't think of it from that perspective because I've always known who I am since I was a child, and it's not really that strange. Yeah, for me, um, my dad's a seer. My dad used to have open vision while walking in the fields. Really? So, I mean, I come from a family that is actually named. Uma Nebi or Am Anebi, which now, means which means sons of the prophets. Wow. Now, okay, so, now where were you where were you raised? I was raised in Nigeria. I was raised partly in Nigeria, partly in Cameroon. But that's our family name. That's has always been uh, we didn't Sons even, Sons so, of the Prophets. Yeah. Anebi. Wow. Yeah, which is that's our that's our, actually our family name. It's always been that way. So uh I met Jesus, you know, somebody led me to Christ, but then I met Jesus personally you know, and uh, had my encounter with him. And then I had several encounters where I've met, where the Lord himself has appeared to me. Uh, my family, my father was a practitioner of secret Judaism because of that stuff. You know, he's been in the family for the longest time. But, you know, as I, as I, as I came out, started talking about it, I've not, I didn't even talk about it for a long time. Wow. You know, a lot of Igbos practice Judaism in secret. You know, people are converted to Christianity and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I gave my life to Christ in a refugee camp first, you know, as a kid. So I kept going up and up every time they made an altar call. But that wasn't really, my conversion was when the Lord actually appeared to me. Uh, so you said you gave your life to Christ when you were in a refugee camp? Yeah, when we were, well, during the war in Nigeria, when we all ran away from Nigeria to Cameroon. In, as refugees. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so I mean, we didn't camp, but it was. It might as well have been. So, the Cameroonian stuff was rough. Wow. Uh, but gave life to Christ. The Lord appeared to me. I remember once walking, you know, uh, before the war was over, from one town to uh, to go to the farm, when I had my encounter where the whole field changed and I could see the actual essence of the trees. It was fire. Just liquid fire, you know. I was I had that experience, which is and what I was doing at that time was I just learned the Lord's prayer, and I was praying the Lord's prayer when that happened, you know. And I had this encounter, and it's never been the same. And I've I saw things in an hour that uh, will take a lifetime to decipher, you know. So, 
Um, but that's that's part of it. And a lot of other experiences. I mean, I've had the Lord has appeared to me several times. I've had encounters uh, where I've been taken into the realms of heaven. But that's this is not about me. It's about Christ. So yeah. uh, we we the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to describe to people that actually he appeared to me, you know, and it has nothing to do with perfection. I think it just has to do with the divine choice. Mm. What does God define? What does God decide? You know, there are many more better people that Christ could have appeared to, you know, and he appears to better people, but it appeared to me. And um, it made me affirm and confirmed in my faith. That's why there's nothing that will take me away from Yeshua as the Messiah mm. uh, because I didn't just come to him by word of mouth. I've had encounters with him, you know. Um, it, there's no, I can't just tell you this aha moment because I don't know how to talk about those experiences. Sure. Uh, except in private, maybe. Publicly, I, you know, I just, it's been a while. I, I've actually talked more about my experience this year than I've done ever in my life. Really? Yeah. Um, and why? Why is that? Why? Why do you feel like there's? It's been because you must feel like it's. It's kind of important, or there maybe is more urgency on it to be talking about some of these earlier well, encounters. Or? I just do it because because I want people to. Uh, the, I've done it this year because the Lord just opens the door for me to talk about it. I st I'm still not comfortable with it mm. uh, because I think it over it over exaggerates one's importance. You know, the whole sharing of experience thing. You know, uh, but do you, I I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and, and there's certainly there, there certainly is. You know, there are there's a segment of people within the church that when they hear an encounter, they're like, "Ooh, I just want to touch that person." You know, but but for the most part, like whenever I hear an amazing encounter that somebody went through, I still think of them as just. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. there is some man worship, I guess. Yeah, you know, in no, the, but it's not. You know, just I mean. But to me, it's like it makes Jesus seem so real. Yeah, like, well, yeah, you know, I think Jesus is real when I teach too. <laughs> yeah, I think Jesus is real when I teach about Him. Yeah, I don't think He's only real when I talk about myself. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, and I think part of it is I'm. I've not gotten to be that comfortable with it. Yeah. Sure. I've done a little bit of it this year, but I'm not. Truly, I'm not comfortable with saying the Lord took me to the heavens and showed me this and showed me that and showed me that. I don't do that. Sure. Uh, my students who are with me may know some things about that, but sure. I don't, that public stuff. You know. But it's also pretty intimate as well. Yeah. Like to have yeah. these kind of encounters yeah. with, yeah. with, I know different encounters yeah. I've had yeah. with the Lord. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, it yeah. feels so intimate yeah. that to, to share that you're kind of inviting somebody into yeah. a part of your, your and, own identity. And you know, everybody, then Paul said something, is everyone doesn't have faith. Yeah. So it is, if God shares certain things with me, then it is right, it is his right when it's time to share it. You know. That's um, good, they, that's good. You know, I can share some little things, you know, some, some things, but most of my my experiences structure my teachings. So my teachings actually create a, a manifest presence that people who hear it get transformed by because I'm drawing from those experiences. Wow. You know, I have learned throughout my spiritual life 
to bring those spiritual experiences into the way I teach. Okay, I have a book on the heavens. I couldn't do it if I never went to the heavens. Mm. You know, I, I have a book on talking about the churches, the, the church. I couldn't do it if I didn't spiritually go to visit and look in the depth. You know, uh, they, they, there are certain things I could not have done. I have some of the teachings, I, some of the things I understand about Paul, I didn't learn them in books. It's true, I went to school for a long time, mm. but I learned them by an actual encounter. If I tell somebody I met Paul, they think I'm joking. Mm -hmm. So, but what, what good is it going to do them if I say I met Paul? Then all it does is they begin to wonder in their mind, what does he mean? Did you meet him in the spirit? Did you meet him in the realm? Did you meet him physically? You know, and all those questions become a, they, they become a, a dilution of the experience. Right. And so, right. Um, there's a lot of. I mean, it's not a matter of pride. I don't share it. It's just like, what is the benefit? Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Uh, the people who benefit from it, I'll share it with. Uh, but publicly, I don't know, it's not a very, sure. not very, you know, uh, so you, for example, the one experience I've told, you know, which everybody who hears me knows is the experience of how the Lord cured me of my racism. You know, that is something I think was so vital that everyone who hears it needs to hear, you know, how I can sit down and talk to people. Hmm. You know, the way I do, I can teach in different cultures because it, it makes more sense. But for me, you know, I mean, when I taught, when I taught on, uh, what is it, when I taught on, you know, uh, the different dimensions of the temples, the mm. different temples in mm. heaven, and my experiences in all those temples, I did that because the school needed that to be done. Wow. Um, but since I shared that, I've not shared anything they can testify. I've not talked about it outside of the school context. Okay. Because I think, I think that when it comes to maybe if somebody's having a problem and they're struggling, then I can say, okay, here is what I have seen and here's how it can help you. You know, um, so it's, it, yeah, go ahead. I'd love to chat with you about, um, because uh, you, you you just said something about how how Jesus uh, killed you of your racism. Is is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you be willing to 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 tell us that that story? And, and the reason why is because I I'd love to chat with you. It's, it feels like there's a lot happening right now in the culture when it comes yeah. to race, mm -hmm. and I think that ties into a larger conversation that mm -hmm. that I wanted to hit on you. Well, hit with you on this whole idea of community because mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's trying to figure out community right now. Everybody from the technologists with social media with all of this. I feel like the church is desperately trying to wrap their head around community. I know as just as a pastor where I'm pastoring a community, yes. I don't feel like I. I feel like I, I when I came into pastoring, yeah. I felt like I, I I felt like I was a community guy, and I I understand <laughs> it, and I get it. And now I've been doing it ten years. I feel like I don't understand God's heart and desire. I need to understand what it really what it really is. But if we could start with kind of the race conversation, because I feel like I feel like God's doing something, and, and I don't really know what He's doing. But well, I you know I'm 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 Hebrew. Okay, I'm a Hebrew. Okay, and uh, the idea that throughout the world, people will look at my skin and say, you cannot be a Hebrew because you're black. Wow. Including people in this movement. Yeah. It just, it's taking them a while. And they still come around thinking that they know more than I do. I have people who are not Jews, who are not Hebrew, mm -hmm. who are trying to teach Hebrew stuff and acting like they know it better than everybody mm -hmm. else. 
you know, you, you get that, that stuff, you know. Sure. And they want to teach Jewish secrets to Gentiles who don't know how to use stuff, whose main tendency is idolatry. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sorry right, to say that. Right, right. And you know it's going to be misused by someone. No, somebody's going to take it. The mistake that the European Jews made during the Middle Ages is teaching European pagans Jewish stuff, which ended up being used against them. Wow, wow, wow. You know, and that's the whole thing, you know. God, God forbid that we should ever have such an experience again. God bless Israel and bless all the, the descendants of Israel, wherever they may be. Mm-hmm. But here's... here's here is my experience is for three years i locked myself in my basement my wife is my witness i was doing going through scripture studying the lord i will sit at my desk and the lord will appear and sit on the desk like this and Mm -hmm. say okay do you understand the text you're reading and we say okay let me show you how it's tied so showed me how to pick a text of scripture and draw it from every scripture without even having to read where the text is wow wow so I consider myself a teacher fundamentally. It's not that I don't have a prophetic gift. I have a very strong prophetic gift. It's not that I don't have a seership gift. I have it, but I've channeled all of that through my teaching. That's how I teach. I teach prophetically so that I can see stuff in the audience, but Mm -hmm. I'm teaching for the transmutation of the person. Wow. I'm not teaching just to get information across. Yeah. People in my classes will tell you, you know, I could say about the experience, but I can see, I can prophetically. We had to do it at church one time where, because I hear people saying, oh, in our other church, we used to prophesy, we need to do this. So I decided we're going to have an evening of prophecy. I don't know, were you guys here? I said, I'm going to have an evening of prophecy. Everybody come, I'm going to prophesy to you. Because I wanted to show the people, because God told me, I had to show them, you don't understand what you're talking about when you think that I cannot prophesy. So what I did was, they all came to church, and I and I did what I called about maybe four or five or six people, and I read, their, I read their mails, and I said, now, now you know I can prophesy, so stop the nonsense, stop the gossip. Wow, wow. And is, was that something that you knew prophetically, or was or were people was that just some sort of gossip or something like? Yeah, but people, yeah. people were telling stuff like, you know, this church doesn't prophesy, but in fact, there were people talking like that. I could hear it. They're yelping your church. I like, can hear it. He's a great teacher, but he can't prophesy. Yeah, yeah well, you know, that, that's, you know, but, but the point is, people were like, you, you know, they don't lay hands on the sick. Sure. They don't do this. They don't do this. Sure. Same thing. Sure. Let's pray for the sick. Change the atmosphere. People got well. People got wow. healed. Wow, wow, And they don't want to talk about the fact that I've been here for 10 years. Not one person inside the congregation has died. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's not my testimony at all. <laughs> so, because because the because the spirit of healing sits upon the congregation. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, God has shown that He's present in this place. So, let's get back to our stuff. So, part of the stuff is mm-hmm. how you know I, one of the things that I struggled with from the time I was doing my. I do bachelor to my PhD. I had experiences with white America, mm-hmm. which was very, you know, I wasn't born in America, so I didn't have a racist stuff. Sure, with me. sure, but sure. when I came to Canada and came to America, I saw the stuff that was happening, and it was, I mean, most white people are mm-hmm. racists. Wow. Let's just put wow. that very wow. succinctly. Wow. The problem is they don't know they are. Right. 
because the superiority complex sure. is on them. Sure. If I say something, even as a scholar, to a white person that doesn't know anything, they'll go check with another white person to see if my, and the white person will be less educated than me to wow. see if my idea is right. Wow, 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 sure. It's just that simple. Sure. And if you understand what they are doing, but they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They actually think, but they don't understand part of the reason they're doing what they're doing is because they don't believe a black person can have enough knowledge more than they do. Wow. It's like that's like that's like a conscious thought that 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 they're having, or or do you think it's like a, a program? It's a program. They're programmed. So it's programmed that way. Just by default, they're yeah, thinking. That's their thinking is I'm superior. Okay. I mean, we're here. Mm -hmm. They can say mm -hmm. white boys will walk into my place and think that they know more than I do, just because they're just white. Just because they're white. Wow! 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 Yeah. It's a real serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and. And I'll say this movement, if this movement doesn't deal with that, that's why you don't see black people in a movement. Yeah. If a movement that doesn't have African-Americans in this, in North America, and African-America are some of the most spiritual people, that tells you there's something wrong with the movement. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. You know? I agree. And the reason there's something wrong with the movement is that it's run by people who come from South Africa, who carry the racism of South Africa. Wow. It's the real serious issue wow. that a lot of this stuff comes out of that thing, that racist stuff. So black people feel very uncomfortable being around this stuff. Hmm. But it's going to change. You know, it's, it's one thing to have one or two African-Americans mm -hmm. come around stuff. But what would you do if African-Americans flooded this stuff? Yeah, and, and now when you see this stuff, are you talking about like this this movement, the, of kind God. of the, this modern yeah. kind of mystic Mystics, kind of yes. thing? Yeah, yeah. We, we should we should be concerned that there are no African Americans and black people in it. Yeah, because you're kind of like not you're kind of like the only black guy in it. Yeah, but I can. But I and I and I'm being and I'm yeah, being silly yeah, but, in but that because there's come, probably others. I didn't and I don't come from that. Sure, I came from a Jewish background. Wow. My mistress didn't come from this stuff. My mistress came from, from Judaism. Yeah. It's it's Jews and Jude I didn't even learn it from Christians. Yeah. It's just that I happen to be a believer in Yeshua. Yeah. Okay. But let's let's not let's and let let's, me ask you really quick if this if it's okay. Yeah. Uh, are there are there other uh are there other mystics, uh, like other black kind of mystic streams that are happening, but the, but this kind of this very white mystic stream just isn't aware of it? Is there kind of like a movement of other kind of black mystic streams that we don't really know about? Not really. Okay. All right. Not, not right now. Yeah. They, they're still running in the Simo mystics, but it's not it's not mysticism in the sense in which they knew what God is doing now. There are black people here and there who are experiencing this stuff. Sure. But they've got to think they've got to understand that they can actually come to this movement sure sure you know and i'm saying this not because i think there's something wrong with the movement because i think if we don't do something mm -hmm. it's going to end up being again and i don't want it to be a white movement yeah amen come on <laughs> I yeah no I, I, I absolutely agree I absolutely you know agree. and the one person that i know is doing more effective job with that is lindy in in uk okay yeah and I, so but we have to do more a bit, better way of doing this let me get back to my stuff please I was, yeah because of all that stuff i was really jaded hmm. i was like i had a chip on my shoulder with white my mom's my mom who brought me to north america is white so it's there's experiences that i've had that by the time i got to do my phd 
I had already decided I did not want to follow the white Jesus. Wow. Wow. It was that serious. Yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, I love Jesus, but I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. Cannot do this with these guys. Yeah. You know, I was going back, to, I was almost going back to the Hebrew Israelites. I was going to yeah, synagogue. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, they're like, no, I don't want to deal with this stuff. Wow. You know, so when I, when I had gone back, come back to Christ, my whole idea was, okay, mm-hmm. Jesus is black. Jesus is, I mean, my Ethiopian background, I'm black. Why can't Jesus be like me? Right. You know, why must Jesus be white? Why must all the pictures be that? Right. And I'm very serious about this. So right, why must it be right, that? Right, right. Why must everything that every time we talk about black people, we talk about them as being immoral, as being this, as being this, mm-hmm. and looking at them as being the ones who are demon possessed. Why must all of our ancestors mm-hmm. be demonic and all of yours be righteous? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. You know? And why must it that every time our ancestor appear, the person must be demonic? Unless we were created by the devil and God created you guys. Wow. And so my that was my part of wow. I'm not saying this wow. now because that's why I am yeah, absolutely. all of that stuff. So and it's funny, thank God for the mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Know, because every time I pray, the Lord will be present. You know, it's just like God doesn't really care. <laughs> Right, right, you know, so right. he appeared to me when I was meeting him, he was teaching me, and yet I carried that stuff inside of me. Wow. wow. You know, so he come teach, came to me as a black person, you know, so I was happy. I found my black Jesus. That's I'm awesome. doing all That's this awesome. stuff I need That's to awesome. do. You yeah. know? So one day as I was studying, my if you look at my basement, my basement, you know, in Illinois we have basements. Okay. In, uh, in the basement I had writings on the walls. At, uh, analyzing scriptures, doing diagrams, cosmic diagrams, putting Jewish stuff and comparing it with our traditional stuff that I came up with and seeing how they connect with each other, doing stuff, studying uh, studying Rabbi Chaim of Volazim, studying all these guys to see their diagrams and how they look at stuff and taking the Petorah that I knew as a kid and comparing it and realizing these are my people. <laughs> wow, know? right, said, right. These, these are my people. These right. people are talking the same way that the older guys I knew that trained me when I was a kid. This is exactly. So I started looking at structures and discovering, wow, this is really. So my Jewish, my Israelite background started coming up. I'm not a Hebrew Israelite. I'm actually an Israelite. Wow. You know, wow. Wow. my descendant is really, I'm, I'm a Kohen who was attached to the tribe of God. Wow. You know, yeah. my family is that. So the colors. Um Anebi, you know, Um Anebi or Am Anebi, mm-hmm. which is the people of the prophet. Wow. You know, so. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's awesome. You know, so, and, and my father finally just told me that name recently saying, this is our real family name. Mm-hmm. And my father doesn't speak Hebrew. So I know he couldn't make that up. Wow. You know? Wow. Wow. So wow. now, when I was sitting in that place studying with the Lord and the Lord coming in and doing Angels were walking in and out of the house. That is, strangers will come in the night. You will hear angels walking around. People saw angels were walking down the down the stairs to go to the basement and bump into angels. You know, because I had Pentecostals who came to the house who wanted to cast out demons. Uh, right, right, I'm right. Like, no, 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 please. Right, right. No right. casting. Yeah. He said, "Well, if we cast them in the name of Jesus, they will leave." I said, "No. If you tell an angel to leave in the name of Jesus, he will leave." You forget they are supposed to obey every command 
right. by the name of Jesus. Yeah, sure, sure, so, sure. So just because the angel lives does not mean it's a demon. Right. That's interesting. They're just being obedient. And people thought name. people thought that they were uh, demons because of how physical they were. Because they were like these physical beings yeah. that, that that were engaging with mm -hmm. the physical, and people and, have and more more faith that that would be a demonic than yeah. than an angel. And 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 the problem that I have they have with that stuff mm -hmm. is because an angel will struggle to leave because they have they are on assignment. Mm. <laughs> right, you know? right. So so we didn't make a distinction between. So we just say, "You spirit, live, whoever you are." So what happens? They leave. So, but in the house, I made sure I said, "Do not do that in my house. Do not command anything to live because this house is a holy place." You know. You so, know. You know what's so interesting about this is that yeah, if it, as a believer, if something's moving around in your house, if if we tend to go right to demons, yes, we yeah. tend to go with without even taking a moment mm -hmm. to even pray and to seek the Lord Which as means we don't even ask who are you. Right, or just assume yeah. because it's take physically doing something. It's a demon, and it yeah. will obey because you commanded it to live in the name of the Lord. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah, this is really interesting. You know, so okay, but but so we're sitting here, and the Lord keeps talking to me. One day, He's coming to me as this black, really handsome, wow, you know, wow. and wearing dress like like the the, the gab africans wear, you mm -hmm. know like a kaftan sometimes white you just walk in there mm -hmm. you know and the, the room will change we'll have conversation for two three hours you know um so one day i look up and there he was blonde hair blue eyes and i'm like you cannot come in here i don't believe in you I don't, so I'm like, no, what did you, what did you do with my black Jesus? I wow. said, I don't. And the, the Lord just sat by the, the, the table and told me, he said, you're a racist. I said, there's no way I can be a racist. And I know you're not my Lord. So how can you be, you know, and I was, of course, some other stuff. And he says, you're a racist. All the conversation for over three weeks was, you're a racist. And I'm like, I'm not a racist. You need to bring back my black Jesus. Says you're racist. And he didn't just do that. He came, you know, after I wouldn't accept that, he came back as a Chinese guy. He came back as a Native American. Wow. He came are you so wow. he came back in all wow. these ways. And at the end of it, he just said to me, he said, You have to accept that I can be anyone i choose to be you have to accept this or i cannot use you to minister to people around the world so broke down that's powerful yeah that's powerful wow you know repented cried did all the stuff that's done then he came back you know looking the way i know he looked you know and that's when i learned that jesus you know jesus doesn't have a problem being painted like the people that he is ministering to. Hmm. The problem we've had is Europeans have congealed their perception of Jesus and made sure nobody else paints them according to themselves. Right. Right. So now right. Jesus cannot appear to an Indian as an Indian. Mm -hmm. He must appear to him as a European because now the, the European superior mentality has said that you cannot paint Jesus any other way because we are your savior. We are your we are now your God. Because if you understand that stuff, so that stuff changed 
the way that I view. That experience transformed me. And it is after I was preaching around Africa, but I've, ne I've never really went to Asia, never went anywhere. Mm -hmm. When that happened, all of a sudden doors began to open around the world. That's incredible. And I can walk into I can walk into a culture without ever having read of the culture and stand there and start telling them deep things about the culture and I go, where did you learn that from? But I learned it by accepting the manifestation of Christ in all of humanity. You know, that experience is so emblazoned and embedded in my being that I cannot go in any culture and not understand. I first look at what is valuable in the culture and begin to speak at it. My experience in Singapore, I didn't even know. Hmm. I'm first time in Singapore. I'm in the plane and I see all these ghosts, not ghosts, all these men and spirit, and you call spirit whatever, sure. moving in the atmosphere. Sure. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm having this conversation so I come back, I come down when we were land and I ask, I say to Watchman, why are there so many people who've been dead and gone for ages? I said, ancient people walking around. He looked at me and said, what did you say? I said, I see a lot of ancient people walking around. You know, he said, this is the week where we celebrate the ghosts of all the people that have gone. And it's funny, I didn't know what that was. Wow, wow, wow. You know? Same thing happened to me when I was going to New Zealand. These, these beings were with me in the plane. They came to see me in the plane while I was sleeping. And they looked strange because I'm so used to strange. Sure. I think they just they, they came, you know, they looked. If, if, I were, if I had not been having this experience, they looked at me, they came and said, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm coming to preach the gospel. I'm coming to bring the good news. I'm coming to bring, to put, as I said all kinds of stuff. Well, sure, I'm coming to bring sure, the DNA sure. of God, coming to help my friends who are here and join them in doing stuff. So the women say, okay, and they left. So, but it happens almost in every nation I walk into. You get, you get greeted by these. Yes, by these beings. These entities. You know, even when I walk into a city. Because, you know, it wasn't like that before. Because, you know, you, you get yourself bound into one direction, you know, and nations and the princes that rule the nations cannot open to you. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about nations, right, mm -hmm. we say princes. Everybody thinks of princes as being demonic powers. Right, right, but right. But princes are beings that God put over the nations of the earth. They are actually the angels of God who keep the nation until such a time as the rightful heirs and rulers come up. Wow. It's like saying the prince of Persia is a demon. Right. No, the prince of Persia is a, is a regent of God. It's a, it's a God's uh, watch angel that sat over Persia. Hmm and held Persia, but also held Israel in captivity because he was the guard of the area where Israel had been exiled. So Gabriel, out of mercy, being the angel of children, wanted to pass by and go see Daniel. And the angel says, you cannot come. You do not have permission. It is God himself who has kept Israel in bondage for these years. The time is not up. They are not going to be released. What are you coming here to do? 
the only person who could get that prince to let Gabriel in was Michael because Michael is the prince of Israel hmm. so wow. but everybody that reads the place reads of warfare it wasn't a warfare it was a protocol issue wow so to 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 understand that to be able now to joke and learn and love my white brethren in honesty mm-hmm. and tease and mess mess with them about their whole worldview and mess with black people mess with mess with indians and asians and then just like that stuff is real but if you have not seen christ in all his formation according to the patterns if all you've seen is christ and a black person who sees jesus christ merely as a white person Mm -hmm. has no value for themselves wow 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 you know it's not because, That's a because, huge statement. because that yeah. value is important for who they are within the divinity. So Christ became human. Christ became Adam, which means we were all in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not a culture, there's not a tribe that wasn't inside of Christ. His blood contains all of us that it, and he paid for all of us to be able to come back in so why will he not appear to the Eskimo as an Eskimo why will he not appear to an Inuit as an Inuit yeah why will he not appear to the Bushman as a Bushman yeah when we were all in him so that's the experience and the reason I tell that is because of the relevance it has for how we interact with each other Absolutely. in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you ever hear that? Did you ever hear that story that Bobby Connor tells of Jesus came to him and said, "Do you see me?" So I'm probably gonna wreck the story, but he's like, "Like, do you recognize me?" Yeah, and he goes, and his face shifts, and he goes, "Do you recognize me now?" And, and, and his face kept shifting into mm-hmm. an old woman to mm-hmm. people all these different types of race and he kept saying do you recognize me now do you recognize me now and it just reminds me of of, of this conversation mm-hmm. but I'm also like my question for you is post-resurrection so Jesus in the glorified state mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the conversation on Emmaus Road where Jesus is walking with his with his best friends and they don't even recognize him so what happened there did he did he did he shift did on the road intentionally to not be recognized or is his resurrected state radically different than well, the, the, than the, pre, pre the resurrected state is a multiplicative state but it's is a is a different manifestation of the body they can't actually recognize him unless he shows them who he is Wow. But the resurrected state is a multiplicative state. Why? Because having resurrected, we read the Bible linearly. Right. But he was in all those places sometimes at the same time. <laughs> so the different bodies that he manifested carried different patterns and made different pixelations. So it doesn't have to look the same every time. You know, it's like you now. You've got all these bodies that are hidden in your physical body. Hmm. And somebody who knows you will know it's you intuitively. But they will have to ask, is this you? You know, because your manifestation will be different elemental structures. You know, let's say, for example, that 
your body divided into the four elements hmm. one is your physical body the other one is the body of water and you look crystal clear and the other one is fire and the other one is just a movement of wind it's still you and that whole idea when jesus resurrected he carried that self-multiplicative principle you know he could appear in multiple places at once so when we read stories that Jesus went somewhere, people saw him, we think that's a legend. It's not a legend. It's because we don't understand mm. how the resurrection was. His friends, wow. his friends could not recognize him because he was taking on different bodies. Wow. You wow. It, how did they recognize him? They didn't recognize him because of his futures. They recognized him because of the way he blessed the bread. Hmm. Right, right, right. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. They recognized in communion. That's where they recognized him. So, so, so if you if you if you may, the next thing you talked about is what does that have to do with community? Yeah, and you'll have to forgive me because as you're talking, it's like we're going down a hallway and all these doors start appearing, you know. And and I want to explore every one of them, and we just can't do that because <laughs> yeah. we can't do a year long podcast. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, community. And and this this big conversation right now of diversity, especially in the workplace, mm-hmm. where there's there's actual accountability. I was I, I, I served on one of our city boards, mm-hmm. where we actually had, we, we we were accountable to the city for diversity on our on our board. So when it came time to you know to to, to filling different seats at the table, mm-hmm. uh, we would get out kind of this piece of paper, and it would have different ages. It'd have men. It'd have female. It'd have all the different uh, ethnic backgrounds, mm-hmm. and and so. Uh, because it's so important to the city to have something that that reflects the city within within its leadership, and so within the within the ch- within the church, there's not there's not really any uh, accountability for but it, for diversity yeah for diversity and it's always a, an awkward conversation because um, because. If I was asked to be a part of a church leadership team, well, well, why are you asking me? Well, you're kind of funny and whatever, but you're white. Okay, so it, it, that's that's where it's kind of it can be kind of an awkward. Yeah, but, but I think I think I think that you're you're you you're you're stating it in a way that misses the fundamental point. Yes, yeah, so I want to dive into this yeah. with you as far as so, so let's ask yeah. a very simple question: mm-hmm. Is community created or is community assumed? I'm sorry. Is is community created, or is it assumed? The problem with the West is the West wants to create community. It doesn't mm-hmm. assume community because it does not understand fundamental interconnection. Okay. So it wants to create something out of a. It wants to create unity out of a marbled box. The worldview must assume the fundamental and ontological interconnection of humanity before you can talk about building community. The whole thing about this liberal process Mm -hmm. is that it actually falls prey of assuming that human beings are fundamentally separated. Right, right, right. So so the whole idea of fundamental separation, which gives birth, and I'm going to be a little bit academic, which gives birth to ontological superiority, Hmm. which is that there are actually various categories of human beings. Then we've got to bring somebody to include them as if they were not included in the beginning. Wow. If you if you are doing that, it means you are recognizing that you don't recog- that you don't recognize the humanity of the other person. 
That is better than not having any. But our whole perspective needs to shift. Let's begin with the Godhead. Mm-hmm. We are Trinitarians. I am a Trinitarian. Okay. Yeah? And I have, that's a funny thing for somebody to come from a Jewish background to say, but I am. Yeah. And it's three in one, right? Yeah. The idea of three in one is that the three persons are ontologically equal. That means they are co-inherent, right. that they are one with each other. The word I used, which the Greek fathers used, is the word perichoresis, which is the interpenetration of being. Hmm. When you've seen one, and it's the whole, you know, the, you know chaos theory. Mm-hmm. Chaos theory comes out where, you know, the guy, what's it, Mandel, Mandel, Mandelbaum, you know, Mandelbaum, uh, Mandel, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, yeah, from France, who did the whole chaos theory okay. stuff, is that the idea is, are you... Fracturing, or are you fractalizing? Okay. Okay. So, the idea is the principle of the fractal. You know that there are three persons in the Godhead, each a fractal of the other, a complete manifestation, a repetition of the other one. Hmm. No matter how you go, Hmm. so there is a fundamental interconnection between them. You cannot separate them because their ontology is intertwined. Hmm. Now. That fundamental principle means that this three is God, not our God. This three is God because the three are one. Right. So this three is God. Right. And it's based on that intertwining. So the ontology is the same. So if you begin from there, then whatever historical manifestation there is of that three, which is one, that historical manifestation, though subordinate, does not make that person less ontologically God than the ones who are not manifest in that historical context completely. Wow. So, if we all share the same ontological principle, we're all created by God. Our souls come from the same Adam, right? Mm-hmm. It means we are fundamentally ontologically equal. The problem is now we don't accept that. So what do we do? We go to a historical context. We go to the fact that the woman gets pregnant mm-hmm. and for nine months she may be out of touch, out of kilter, or she may have to take care of the baby. She may have to stay at home. And because the man now provides and does everything, or because the woman may be, some women may be a little bit weaker, and men have been more dominant in violence, looking at the historical context, like in Aristotle, mm-hmm. we now say the woman is ontologically inferior to the man. Wow, 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 right. Are you getting the point? So we are yeah. now arguing from historical function to ontological reality. So now we are deciding their equality based on where we find them historically. Same thing Americans did with Africans. Same mm. thing the Muslims, the, the Arabs did with black people. The fact that giving whatever cataclysm that happened upon the earth, Africa had become a place where a lot of the civilization had been lost. So now having found Africans in that historical context of that great loss, mm-hmm. they now decided based on the historical context that the African was what? Ontologically inferior. Wow. Wow, but wow. they did the same thing with Europeans that they found in poor, poor context. So you find somebody in a poor situation and you decide that their context now defines their ontology. Right. So now you are fighting to make them equal instead of assuming that they are equal. That's right. right. So you're right. now you're fighting a losing battle because you're, you're beginning from 
function, you're beginning from historical fragmentation as a basis of divining community. But what if you decided really the same way that the U.S. Constitution says all men are created equal? Right. Right? right. Now we're going to put that all human beings, not, you know, that right. again is a, is a male dominated stuff. Sure. All human beings are created equal. And from there you begin to say, okay, this one may be found in this situation, but based on their equality as a human being, they can participate here. Not that I'm doing them a favor, but it is their right because they are equal to us fundamentally. The only difference is the function allows for subordination. If you're not highly educated, you cannot take positions of someone who's highly educated. But he says it's a what? It's a temporal, functional subordination. Hmm. Hmm. So, but if you congeal the context, if you now say that the person in the congregation can never rise to the level of the fossil, the fossil. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> if he cannot rise to the level of the fossil, you know, or the level of the prophet liar, then you got then you got a problem. Yeah, you got a problem. So you have to allow the whole idea that we participate in the full nature of humanity, and that whatever happens to us historically is an accident of time, and an accident of circumstance. And if we accept this as the primary purpose, it's easy to bring the person in. But if we accept this as the primary purpose, we struggle to bring the person in. Because the people who are already there think they are superior to everybody else and they are doing this person a favor. So we have a problem. Right. This is why the church. Yeah. Is the, if the church does its job, if believers, Christians, do their job, mm -hmm. they will be the greatest example of what it means to be in community because they assume that we are all born from above. Amazing. Our Amazing. ontology is all equal. We function differently based on gifting, but we do not need the function of our gifting to belong in the community. Which is why African communities are actually, if I may say so with my all my bias, sure. are actually better equipped for community than the West is. Yeah, I, I completely because agree. You are, because the idea is, in a, you, know, you know, Descartes, of course, I think, therefore I am, right? Right. So if I work, I am. If I am a, if I do this, I am. If I'm a preacher, then I am. Right. If I'm an engineer, then I am. Right. You know, right, that's right, our very right, that's our right. Western. And I put myself, that's our Western perspective. Yeah. You know, so my function determines my being. And that's not how it works in Africa. So in Africa, it is not I do, therefore I am. It is I belong, therefore I am. Wow, interesting. We have not dealt with the principle of fundamental belonging even in this thing that we do. The principle of fundamental belonging is what makes it easy for you to let me be part of what you're doing without me having to prove myself over and over again. Wow. 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 And you and I can talk like this. Why? Yeah. Because we belong to the same fundamental community. We are not trying to build community. That's right. That's right. Because if, if a we great were thought. building community, yeah, we a great are in trouble. Thought. Right. Right. And so the church has bought into that, what the society does, what, and I will say this, the whole balkanization of the left, where the left has so, what, there's a word for it, you know, this hegemon, this, this complicated, fragmented, false hegemonies mm -hmm. that they've brought together, you know, it's, they've so fragmented society, 
that your gender determines your ontology. Wow. Your, sure. Your, sure, sure. your sexual preference determines your ontology. Therefore, sure. I have to treat you based on your temporal function instead of treating you as a human being fundamentally i have to consider you based on your temporal construct that is an accident of nature not an ontological principle of divinity because when you come back to christ what does it say there is neither male nor female which means there is a community beyond the functional stuff we're that's talking right about. that's right that's right anyway yeah i love it so, so there's kind of yeah, so, so I'm thinking. So let's all, get back to the mysticism, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate it because with it, it comes uh, a new perspective for mm -hmm. me, and um, and but not just for me, but for all yeah. for, for for all of our our listeners. Mm -hmm. And I do think that with the Western the Western idea mm -hmm. is that um, is that okay? So you could say okay. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit they exist within this beautiful. Uh, this pure, this holy, the most, the most holy of community of communities, mm -hmm. right? And um, and and so they're so interconnected, they're mm -hmm. so interwoven, they're so together. So like it, like if you do, like if you blaspheme Jesus, you just blaspheme the Father, you know, and and, and, and the Spirit. And what's interesting is you were talking about like the black community. Mm -hmm. It just does community naturally, mm -hmm. and there is that there is this kind of thing where if 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 the, if one. Um, if one uh, uh, if there's injustice that's done mm -hmm. to one to one person mm -hmm. within kind of the 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 the, the African American kind of community, it's it, it hasn't just been done to that to that one person. It, it's been done to the entire community, and it's not like that. It's not yeah. like that, like you know, in in the white camp, if you yeah. will. You yeah. know, We're, we we don't think that way. We're very uh, isolated especially, in our especially to the city dwellers. In the what now? City dwellers. In the city dwellers. The yeah. white city dwellers. Yeah. Because we can find this in white villages. Okay. Yeah. See, this is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. we always use the guys in the city as the paramount for defining what human beings are. Yeah, absolutely. And we forget that there are villages in Europe who do exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Well, the that the the tremendous amount of yeah. influence that exists yes. within within cities, yes. right? Like, so you can have a minority in a city that sets a, a global, global trend. Global trend. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But we got to get away from that. We got to we got to get away from that. We got to get away from letting cities determine how people perceive their relationship with one another. Wow. Wow. Fascinating conversation. This has been this has been really really good. And and the church because of its nature has the capacity to do community quicker like that yeah yeah you yeah know, but the problem with the community is rather than make it fundamental we create stuff that keeps everybody out yep one of the cool things that at seattle revival center the 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 community where i'm where i'm pastoring mm -hmm. is that um i have desired ethnic diversity yeah. but i haven't been willing to engineer it and because um, I feel like that would compromise the integrity of it, and, but you don't need to do that. But so, but what's cool is that the Lord has been honoring my desire. So just in that place of of saying, like, Lord, I so want to see a community that looks like heaven, mm -hmm. which heaven isn't white, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not black either. Yeah, I mean, what, <laughs> heaven is it's this rainbow. It's, Might be it, you Indian. Know? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> might be Indian. With everybody moving their head like this. Uh, yeah. Is good. Yeah, is appreciate good. this conversation. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's so great to be able to have this conversation is happening everywhere. Yeah. 
but not really a lot within within the church. There's a lot of repent, a lot of public repentance, but that doesn't dive into doesn't the philosophical the programming yeah. that 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 yeah. that needs to be addressed. So the question I have for the question I have for a lot of my, I thank God for my friends, mm -hmm. you know who you know, but what I have for some people is, is your whiteness that important to you for heaven? Wow. And it's a serious question. Yeah. Is it that important to you in light of where you're going to heaven? Wow. If it is, then you have missed something. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, because my blackness was that important to me until wow. Jesus dealt with it. Wow. Wow. You know, so it, it, Jesus dealt with it. I'm like, okay. Let's get this going. So, can we just? Shift? Yeah, I'd love to shift. Hey, uh, one thing I'd like I'd like to dive in. Uh, there's this. Okay, so there's, and and there's a very popular mm -hmm. uh, uh, teaching that's taking place within the the white mystic strain uh -huh. that we find. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not fine. I'm, I'm, I'm just very, It is very. Uh, okay, so there's a very popular teaching right now on the living letters. Okay, mm -hmm. and um, and the 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 critique of this is that you have. Um, Hebrew being taught by people that don't speak Hebrew, okay? And, but they're sharing just enough revelation where it's bringing a certain sense of liberation or like this invitation of like, oh my goodness, there is like this ancient living Hebrew language that existed before the formation, like before everything was, there was these living letters you, you know what i'm saying and so like so like so we've had guys come into good guys mm -hmm. you know come in and they're taking their revelation of 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 the living uh, uh hebrew letters and um and and they're sharing how it's brought freedom to their own lives and um and like awesome hey hey great the the concern has been this under this understanding that it's it's rooted in like the the Kabbalah. Now, when it comes to the Kabbalah, I don't know anything about the Kabbalah. Okay, and, and but the the little bit that I have heard about the Kabbalah or Jewish mysticism is that it tends to be shrouded in like you know like like in secret societies and and in ancient oaths and like uh, and 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 I've heard of things being done. Uh, with 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 you know so so typically when I think of the, the Kabbalah, I tend to go negative, and so th this is one of the things I wanted to chat with you about. I wanted to chat with you into this uh, into this thing of 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 the living letters, but it's really not even about the living letters. It's kind of about this role of kind of Jewish mysticism and how it fits within our within our Christianity and, and you just kind of bringing some clarity and some perspective as to like, as to what's true and legit. And then, and then, and cause for me, it's like, uh, I love rabbit holes and I love taking people to these places and asking questions, but I always want to make sure that if, if people engage with one of these rabbit holes, that it's always going to take them back to Jesus mm -hmm. and not to, not to and, some and weird, to Yahweh too. yeah, and not to, and not to some sort of cult, you know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so, um, so that's where for uh, at Sarah Bible Center, I'm like, well, hey, I'm I'm all about let let's teach Hebrew, but let's get people that speak the language to to, to teach. So that that's kind of where I've been. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, in light of my ignorance on this particular topic, but also as you could tell, maybe a little bit of fear because of uh, because I don't necessarily have understanding yeah. of the roots of Jewish mysticism. What can be redeemed, and then what what can't be? Well, let's 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 make let's make something clear. There is Jewish Kabbalah that is grounded in the name of the Holy One. You can't run away from that. 
and Christian theology has its grounding in Jewish mysticism. You can't run away from that because Paul's teachings are all structured around Jewish numerical systems and Jewish ideas and their outflow. Interesting. Okay. Okay. You can't you can't really run away from that. If you read the if you read the New Testament, you will see Jewish mysticism running all through it. Really? Okay. It's all there. But there's a reason why the Hebrew Testament is this big and the New Testament is this big. Right, right. Which means yeah. that the key to some things here are here. And the explanations of things here that don't seem clear are here. Interesting, yeah. So the idea that somehow you can separate the New Testament mm-hmm. or the Brit Hadash, you know, mm-hmm. from the Tanakh, it's a false dichotomy. Because you're talking as if Jesus is not an outgrowth of the Old Testament. And this is the problem That's a, a lot point. of these really guys are point. talking about. Right. They're making it seem like Jesus came from another place and not from the Jewish context. Mm-hmm. That Yeshua came from the Jewish context. And I know my Jewish brothers will get upset, but the fact that Europeans misused Jesus Christ does not mean he's the enemy. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. And we right. need to get to that point where they found a way to use one of our brethren against us does not mean he's not the Messiah. Or does not mean he's not a... Let me say this in with... with Fear and trepidation does not mean he's not a Jewish prophet. Right. Okay. Right. right. He is Jewish. Is the whole thing? His root is in Israel. His root is not in Rome. His root is not in England. Right. Okay. His <laughs> right. root is in Israel. Yeah. Which is again, you know, you cannot, you cannot talk about the fruit without talking about the tree and the root that gave birth to it. So if you believe that Jewish theology and Jewish mysticism is fundamentally evil, what does that say about Christianity? Okay, sure. In sure. the case of the poison fruit, where did the fruit get the poison mm-hmm. if it's not from the tree? Mm-hmm. So if Judaism is wrong and completely out of out to lunch, what makes Christianity true? Sure. Okay, sure. that's number sure. one. So sure. we're from there. So the messianic principle, okay? The Messiah is a fundamental principle in Judaism. So you can't talk messianic without saying how does it fit into the Jewish context. Now we as Jews have had some misinterpretation. We have this agreement, you know, mm-hmm. about who the Messiah is. I happen to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. I happen to believe that if another Mess- if somebody comes, they cannot do better than Yeshua has done. Yeah. Amen. Right? Amen. I, that's my point of view. So so now you say you want to look at the principle of Kabbalah. What does mm-hmm. Kabbalah mean? That which was received from the ancients. Wow, okay. That's the simple. It means received tradition. Judaism, or what the Igbos would call Omenala, okay. you know, which is the doings of the people according to the patterns of the earth. It's even amazing that when you break the law, and the law is dismembered in Israel, it is never said it's a sin against heaven. It said you have defiled the land. Mm, right, it is right, the, right. It is really the law of the rectification of creation. Wow, okay. Okay? 
So the Messiah comes to rectify creation. Right. So let's get back to Kabbalah. Right. It's not Madonna Kabbalah. It's not the it's not the witchcraft that Europeans have put together. Yes, there is a there is a side to it. You cannot know the angels and not understand there is something opposite to the angels. Mm. You know, it's like saying you can know God without knowing there is someone who doesn't like God. Right, right, okay? right, right. So so the, the, the idea of of two sides to two things is serious. Doesn't mean God is equal to Satan. Mm -hmm. It just means that there's someone, even in the human heart, there's an opposition to God. Okay. So it's somewhere, it's some seeping stuff that is there. Mm -hmm. So God is there and there is an opposition. The opposition can never win because God is God. Are you okay? Yeah. So fundamentally then, if you're looking at how Israel began as a nation mm -hmm. from leaving Egypt. It's a fundamental question. God reveals his names. So the first thing that Kabbalah will do is what are the names of God? Okay. What does the name of God do? Yeah. You know, how do you tap into the name of God? Since the name of God is the essence of God. Mm -hmm. So if you misuse the name, you misuse God. That's right. The that's name right. of the king is the substance of the king. That's right. If you misuse the name, you misuse the king. That's why even in kingdoms today, if you insult the king's name, you put in prison. Wow, right. Because right, you right. have insulted the person of the king. Right. So coming from a kingdom, myself, from a people that call themselves, you know, you know that this is a protocol. So when our rabbis and our and our fathers said the name we need to figure out where the names of god are mm -hmm. and those names are regarded as having functional powers the names of god sure. do something sure otherwise why would you say the name of jesus is important that's right that's right that's where right. did you get that from you got it from israel you can't say that the name does great thing without thinking back to wow, how Israel right, feels right, the name. Right, 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 right. The alphabets, yes, the alphabets are regarded as being alive. They're regarded as beings. Hmm. But they are still normal linguistic process. The problem with people is they ignore the normal linguistic process and want to go to the deep stuff. <laughs> Just because you know the deep stuff doesn't mean... And once, when you get to the deep stuff, you don't know anything unless you've mastered the ordinary stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you if you don't take the literal, if you don't understand the literal meaning of the letter, how can you now try to preach the letter by doing a, you know, rames? Sure, sure. By doing a darash and going to the sword. But the sword is hidden in the in the in the simple stuff. That's right. Yeah. You know. That's how you do it. You cannot just go talking about the mystery of the Hebrew letter as standalone without looking at how they also construct words. You know, yeah, the letters carry a spiritual phenomenon. That's why God used them to create the scripture that he communicated to Israel. So it does have a spiritual power. And it, hmm. so, but it does not mean that that everything people are saying about it is what it does okay how you study scripture remember rabbis and 
Jewish students spend years studying this stuff. Pentecostals, however, think that because they have the Holy Spirit, that they understand everything because they have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Right. Because there are things that will not come to you unless you've spent time studying it. Mm -hmm. They can preach, but they cannot teach. No one is allowed to teach who has not studied for mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. because teaching requires true information, accurate information, accurate understanding, depth of understanding, bro broadness of grasp mm -hmm. in order to be able to teach. Mm -hmm. But you have people who just learn one thing and they want to teach it to everybody. <laughs> right, sure. So the way that we've used the Hebrew letters is becoming a problem because everybody is just coming up with an idea of what it means. This is what it does for me. This is not something about what the Hebrew letter does for you. That's a very Western individualistic stuff. This is a communal principle. So there is actually an accepted way of doing this stuff. So the other guys come up, this is what the Hebrew letter says to me. Who cares what it says to you? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, Who yeah, cares? Yeah. Is that what, the, is that what the, the letter actually means? You know, you can do, you can do the Abagad, you can do a left bed. Mm -hmm. You can do all the seven levels of how you you do the the the, the zeruf, the combination of the letters, to find out what the words actually mean in scripture. Mm -hmm. But that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So what makes it is the letters mean something. The letters in Hebrew legend have meanings and they carry certain spiritual forces. Okay. But if you don't read Hebrew mm -hmm. and you start teaching that, you are backing up the wrong tree. I don't care who you are. Wow, wow, wow. Because you can't read the text. So how do you know what the text is actually saying? So learn how to read the text. Learn how to read the Hebrew language so that if you're talking about the Hebrew alphabet, we know you actually know what you're talking about. So my perspective is, that we need people who've studied Hebrew, who can read Hebrew to teach the language first before we begin to go into the mystical stuff. That to begin with, now you can have an experience, but you need that experience to be supported by what the, actual, the letter actually means. You cannot, there's, there's a passage in scripture, mm -hmm. okay, we're talking here now, mm -hmm. right? What did Peter say? For no scripture came by the way of private interpretation. Wow. Which means that every interpretation must be tried by community. And people must look at it and see, this is what the scriptures actually say. You don't come up with stuff in your head and tell me to believe it. Because you had an experience. Mm -hmm. And then it's not scriptural. How are we going to have a conversation? Mm -hmm. We can have a conversation. So, the Hebrew letters are vital. Why? Because God chose them to use to write the text of scripture. Right? the scriptures we have but so are the greek letters sure 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 because people want to say oh the new testament yeah we know <laughs> matthew may have been written in aramaic mark may have been written in aramaic but luke was written in greek john was written in greek aramaic thought system hebrew thought system but linguistically greek all of the all of the New Testament epistles, Greek, Hebrew thought system, 
Greek writing, but still God used the Greek language. So it's not one or the other. And by the way, before we get too, too mm -hmm. far away on ourselves, yeah. God is creating one new man, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. Jew and Gentile, right? Yeah, absolutely. So why wouldn't the Bible have both Jew and Gentile? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. the text has Hebrew and has Greek. The Greeks are the epitome of who a Gentile is. So God wrote both so that he can bring two people together. God brought Christ, a human being, you know, who became a human, God and man as one. Jew and Gentile as one. Male and female as one. Mm hmm so really kabbalah teaches you and i use the word kabbalah and i do it deliberately just to trigger a lot of people <laughs> yeah you know is my eye twitching yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i can see that yeah. it, i do i do that because it just people twitch over words sure absolutely you know, what does the word mean you know okay mysticism mm -hmm. it's a bad word in a lot of christian <laughs> sure 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 right yeah absolutely even spirituality used to be a bad word right right it's now a good word right so the question is not mysticism as a word, which type of mysticism? Right, sure. Because you can't tell me that I will spend one whole night calling on the name of Jesus and Satan will answer me. Right, right. If you do that, then your Jesus is not powerful. Right. Then your religion is not real. Right. So the mystical stuff of experiencing Christ, even whether he's there present or not physically, but my body experiencing presence means something has happened. I mm -hmm. can't explain it, but it's there. You know, Pentecostals mm -hmm. should not be the ones who are not arguing about this because they are the ones who believe the Holy Spirit can move on people and they can do strange things. Yeah, sure. So why are you having a problem with the word mystic? Mm -hmm. And by the way, the idea is that mysticism has always been in Judaism. Yes, there's a lot of knowledge that is hidden in Judaism. Why do you have a problem with the people hiding knowledge? Mm -hmm. Secret society, you call them? You want everybody to be like Christians who before they learn something, are evangelicals, they spread it around with complete 90% ignorance and less than 1% understanding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is, there, there are secrets sure. that are taught to responsible people. Can I quote the Bible? Mm -hmm. What you have learned, commit to mature men. Isn't that what Paul mm -hmm. told Timothy? Yeah, absolutely. We speak wisdom among the mature. Absolutely, absolutely. So in other words, not every secret of Christianity is supposed to be in the open way, and not everybody is supposed to understand what they mean. And I think that that's part of, I think that's part of my, my concern is, um, is within this particular conversation when it comes to like the uh, the living letters or or the or the or the Kabbalah, it gets it gets mentioned and and then because of like YouTube, now we have we have people that that want to go deeper than the e course that they just purchased, and so they find themselves on YouTube subscribing to uh, to somebody who is actually very anti Christ mm -hmm. in their in their rhetoric and yep. teaching these mystic mm -hmm. secrets with 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 absolutely no regard to to who Jesus is. Yep. And I think that's part of my concern is that like if if we, you know, the the thing is they not just they not just no regard to who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. They regard a lot of the guys that are on YouTube disregard the God of Israel. Oh wow. 
they disregard the God of Israel because me, I believe that Jesus came from the God of Israel. Yeah. I believe that he is the son of the God of Israel. Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. he's the Messiah sent from the God of Israel. Yeah. I believe that's why the Gentiles and the nations should honor Israel because the Messiah came from their God, yeah. came from their people, came from their loins. That Gentiles can know the God of Israel is because of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's because of Yeshua. Hamashiach. I know the people don't like when they call Jesus Christ, but that's the name that the Gentiles call in Yeshua Hamashiach. We 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 know he is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. I know he's the Messiah. Yes. Now, if you don't believe he's the Messiah, you cannot deny that he's the reason why Christians love Jews. There's no other reason. If it wasn't for Jesus, these Christians would be killing us too. Wow. 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 <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, so that's the point. The point is. The point is, you know, you 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 have to look at you have to, questions you have to ask. How does this? How is does this uh, coincide with scripture? Sure. What does it say about the God of Israel? Hmm. Mm -hmm. What does it say about Yeshua, the one that you believe came from the God of Israel in order to give light to the Gentiles? If you're, if whatever you're, you're pursuing diminishes any of those, you've missed the point. Yeah, amen, okay? amen. And me being a strong believer in Yeshua, if it begins to doubt that God came in the person of Jesus, if it begins to doubt that Jesus Christ was God in human flesh and actually having been the embodiment of divinity gave his life what only an Israelite can do <laughs> because they were the ones God chose from the beginning to be a light to the world and it has to be their son that embodies that giving his life and opening up light to the Gentiles real light if you deny that that is welcome of God then you, you, you whatever you're doing is trafficking in someplace else amen yeah, yeah. And if you diminish the idea that knowledge of him is requisite and acceptance of him is requisite for salvation, you've missed the point. That's right. That's right. You know, so for every nation, the Hebrew people are waiting for the Messiah. Yeah. They gave us the Messiah. Yeah. Don't forget, according to Paul, it is God who has kept them from accepting Jesus. Not It's not from their own willful stuff. That they will see him and they will accept. But I believe and I pray that that will happen. Yes. So what is Kabbalah? The understanding of scripture from the perspective of the sword, from the depth, from the mystery, from the secrets. I believe it says the secret of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. are with those who fear him yeah if it's a secret that means god keeps secret with people mm -hmm. so for you to be afraid because somebody has a secret knowledge of something you don't have yeah it means you're not the one that's supposed to have it right 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 so why do you why do you want to know what why do you want to know the secret of jews at every point right why can't they hide their stuff sure why do you want to go to a culture and have them tell you everything about themselves? Mm -hmm. It's a very Western thing. Yeah. They keep a secret society, but they don't want any other culture to have a secret stuff. Yeah. Doesn't work. Judaism has secrets in the open. It's right there in the scripture. 
Right. The interpretation is there. It's the technology for how to get it, get into it that they sometimes hide from people. But now it's in the open. You do the parashat, you do the ramez, you do the darshat, you do the salt. You go in, you can find the depth. Mm -hmm. You study the chazal, you know the chazal, you study the, the, the Talmud, you see the secrets are there, but mm -hmm. you have to study it. Right, right. You know, you go read the ancients, you read the rabbis, you see the secrets are there. Hmm. I don't agree with everything the rabbis write. Mm -hmm. You know, sure, because we sure, also, sure. as we also as Israel, we have a tendency towards idolatry. Totally. So, yeah, so yeah, we, we've yeah. done the same thing. Yeah. So, but, but may God have mercy on us. Okay. In spite of everything we've done, we've always come back to the Most High. We've always come back to. So, the secrets of the Lord are with those who fear Him. The secrets of the Lord are with Israel, even with those who are not knowledgeable. Mm. The soul of the Jew carries the secret of God. It's been transferred, sometimes deliberately, sometimes just by the mercy of God. From generation to generation, it will be there till Yeshua comes back. Dr. O, you are amazing. I, I, I would love to do a part two someday with you because it's so, so uh, we've covered so much yeah. and this has been so helpful and uh, and there's so much to actually unpack and, and to digest yeah. within just this yeah. particular conversation. But thank you. Thank you so much for yes, for uh, for just being so generous with your time yeah. and with, with what you've learned and just appreciate you. And, uh, and looking forward, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do a part two. Uh, I hope that uh, whatever I've said, that if somebody's offended, they should just forgive me and move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if, if they're offended, they'll work through it with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. It's just an opportunity yeah, for growth, yeah, right? Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Hey, God bless Thank you. Thank you, man. It's good to have you here. Uh, God bless you. My friend Justin told you to come, so I've done him a favor. He owes me. That's right. That's right. If you're, if you're listening, Justin, we know you are. You, you owe Dr. O. All right. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market, and I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible, and you're so supportive, and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take Take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarenshow.com. That's thedarenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarenshow.com. Thanks, guys.